Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of The Legends of Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down the getaway. So we're going to hop in your RV, grab your pal, Tricky Dicky, get a werewolf, and let's do it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey everybody! Hey! hey. Welcome to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, breaking out every episode of Ooh. the Legends of Tomorrow Show, airing Mondays on the CW. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Dave Child. Look at that. And Lex Michael again on assignment. But uh, word through the time stream is that we may see him next week. Maybe, maybe, oh. if all the timelines <laughs> align. Uh, but as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channel, and yeah. you know what? If you look over at Dave Child, he's got a computer in front of him. Uh, I could actually chat with you. Not like last time when we lied. That's right. And we said we were going to chat with you. That was a lie. This is not, now it's true. Now we can actually talk. Dave wants to see your thoughts about this episode or just the series in general. Yeah. And we're going to be breaking down season four, episode 10, The Getaway. Ooh. Before we do that in general, though, or in specific, I should say, Dave, general in general, specific. yes. General specific, he's in the military. It's great. What did you think of this episode overall? Uh, I liked it better than last week's episode. Uh, I, I think it was a fun one. I think it was nice to go back to the wacky kind of legends like I like. I, I want more of this. Hijinks kind of craziness. Kind of a stupid monster, which is just a bug. I kind of I had a lot of fun doing it. Well, look at it. Because I know one complaint that you had last week was... The episode that we saw for yeah. the the mid season premiere, what felt like a very much a continuation uh, yeah. of the the previous episodes before the the hiatus. This felt like such a if this was the the first episode of after the hiatus. Yes, I think it would have been much better. I think it would have felt like a breath of air. Like you would have you kind of got you found out what was going on. There was still the continuation of everything that happened in the previous one, but it felt like it was easier to kind of understand what's going on. And maybe we could even have, like, you know, because they're dealing with all their problems from the last episode, but it wasn't just, it wasn't right into it. It didn't feel like a literally running out of one scene and into another. So, so our, uh, we'll be breaking down the episode. We'll also do some uh, Where's the Beef action. Uh-huh. We may sprinkle that throughout the episode, like a good... You know, like a good Where's the Beef segment like should a, be. Like a good Where's the Beef, like yeah. you should. should, should like, well, that's to... what you should do with beef, is sprinkle it out <laughs> yeah. through the segment. Yeah, That's right. Uh, so, uh, jumping into it, we pick up a little bit after uh, last episode, where we saw Mona had, uh, due to the, uh, the, the the slash that she got from the yeah. copay, has now turned into like some kind of wear copay herself. Yeah, but she's not quite sure how it works yet. Yes. So you saw her trying it out and being like, I <laughs> like the moment when she's like, grrr. <laughs> Arg, grr, arg, get a little Joss Whedon production thing thing. And I mean, I guess this, I mean, I guess that is a TV trope. I mean, maybe it's real life. I don't know, but the thing where it's like something happens to you. You know, when I turned into a werewolf, that's not what I did. What did you I didn't do? Look into the mirror and go, grr. 
I think I think if I had the ability to turn into a were creature of some sort, mm-hmm. I would try to figure out how I would become that creature. That's true. And I'm by not... looking in a mirror at the time, because that's how you see if you will sprout a little some hairs. Yeah, you want to see see that change happening. I want to see that change. I want to see that change. And there was a good change in this one, actually. Mm. I don't know, yeah. man. For this show, that was pretty good CGI for this show. <laughs> I feel like this transformation is just a rough one for me. Like when I watch it, I feel like I'm watching like ten years ago, like a nice sci-fi. Right. Uh, I mean, it wasn't movie. the coolest. Werewolf transition, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad I got to see it, and they didn't just go like, "What are you doing?" Cut away, and then <laughs> and then cut back, and she's suddenly a bigger actress under her makeup. You know what I did like? At least it didn't take as long as it did last episode. The first yeah. time where it just dragged out so long. Well, you like, gotta you gotta exploit it when it first uh, someone first yes. turns into a uh. werewolf. But uh, the thing that I was saying, as opposed to trying to figure out what you do if you're a werewolf, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the TV trope of, I've got a, something's happened to me, can I tell anybody? Oh, oh right. I'm going to keep it to myself for a while. Like, yeah. I, that was like, well, the, the thing was, it felt very convenient. Mm-hmm. There was some convenient writing in this episode, which I can sometimes forgive because the show is so silly that it just kind of goes with the silliness. But in this case, there was a lot of like... Oh, I got I got a problem, and I could talk about it now, but then we've burned through the B story. <laughs> That's literally so. I do. gotta hold on to this until the end, and especially if she, I don't know. I felt like they could have they could have done a better job with it because she could have said something about it, and they could have either have had a hard time understanding what she meant, or maybe they just like. Ah, there's another problem I have to deal with and not, like, see her, you know? So treat her as a problem that they have rather than, like, as a person. And then that could be the bubbling, like, emotional problem that's there rather than, oh, I can't talk about my feelings. I won't let you talk about your feelings. I can't talk about, oh, we're talking about the feelings. (laughs) That's what cures Lycanthropy. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me, be honest, Dave. Say you did, uh, you were scarred by a uh-huh. werewolf, and you were now changing. Yeah. Would you? I mean, I'm more of a general werewolf, a full moon. Such. There you go. Would you? Would you tell anybody, or would you keep it to yourself? Um. Well, I, I tell the people that are close to me, because that's like, hey, you know, full moon's coming. Can't go out tonight. Can't go see. Uh, sorry, gotta not see Shazam tonight. I'm I'm turning into a werewolf. So, and that's why I'm in the chains and all that, because that's a little awkward when that's in your apartment. So you got to bring this up to the people who are close to you. But you don't tell everyone that you meet, every single person that you know. I do like that you would invite your friends over to your place, already be in the chains, and then just kind of just nonchalantly just bring it up. The chains are really hard to install, so they're there 24-7. So when you bring them over and they see a bunch of chains on the wall, you have to be like, Hey, listen, I can't explain. I'm a horrible monster of the night. That's true. I feel like you owe your friends an explanation. Like, hey, Dave. Because like anybody else is going to say, Dave, what's with the chains, bud? And I'm just like, hey, it's a sex thing. (laughs) Okay, we got to go, Dave. (laughs) So, uh, keeping secrets and lies is a big part of this episode, yep. and uh, we do see that that's also the uh, the thing that the the episode kind of really relies on. Secrets and lies. Because we see back in 73, Tricky Dicky, yeah. Richard Nixon. <laughs> the best Richard Nixon I've ever seen. Oh. So, like, really good impersonator. Really loved him. Man, you know. He's just so good. 
okay, uh, hot, <laughs> hot 10 second sidebar on this because you look at like uh, a Nick, uh, Frost, uh, Frost Nixon. Yeah. Ron Howard directed films, got uh, Franklin Jello who played it on Broadway. But the idea is I like, don't think Frank Angela is a Frank Angela. Langella? Langella? I, I don't think he did once. So, <laughs> so boo to him. Boo that Nixon. But for him, it was like, hey, I, I know I don't look like him, but I am just trying to capture the essence. I felt like this actor like didn't capture the look, really didn't capture the essence. I don't know. This was like a pretty weak casting of Nixon. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that great. It was like, I feel like they could have uh, dived a little deeper into the... There's got to be somebody out there that really still likes to pull out a good Richard Nixon impersonation. Cause it's, yeah. You know, it's like, somebody needs, you know, prime uh, Tricky Dicky. This is a bit laughing. It was a bit laughing. Yeah. You know, like, but you know, uh, I, I like the concept, though. I like that, like, the, the one... You know, a lying president is the one that's like getting bugged by a truth bug. That's true, and it changes history because, of course, uh, Richard Nixon is now telling the truth about everything, and it turns the public against them. And so, they lose all confidence in him. Yeah, uh, all the president's men doesn't get made. Nick yeah. Robert Redford doesn't become a star. Yeah, uh, which is devastating it. to Rory. Yeah, because that that actually does a lot. If Robert Redford doesn't become a star, Sundance doesn't exist. True. So, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. I he's do. like, that's why he's like, we got to save independent film. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite line of the whole show. I, that's, that's really great. I would agree. Uh, even, I mean, I had to like Sarah going like, oh, okay, that's not really sure. All right. That's what's going to take to get you involved with this. So yeah. we realized that we got to figure out what's going on with Nixon. So we got to head back in time and find out what mystical mumbo jumbo is going to do, which, I mean, I guess everybody's assuming because it is kind of the thesis of the season that it's like every problem that they encounter is going to be a mystic. It's a thing. critter. Yeah. It's a it's a it's some mystic critter. That's kind of the it's the critter season. Which I like. Quickly, we find out what it is and we get it out, and we basically it's not worrying about so much about the Nixon problem, right. but about this bug sharing having all the rest of the cast share these truths that they really kind of get bottled inside. Yeah, and I also like how the problem is about this big. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to lead to like the goddess of truth because they said it was the bug mm-hmm. that like worshiped the goddess of truth or just comes from that. So I thought that was going to come into it somehow and I'm kind of glad it didn't. I'm kind of glad it was just the little bug that was the one problem that they had. True. I mean, cuz I imagine because there was part of me, I think, like, oh, is it going to lead up to something? But then if it did, that really takes away from all the little character moments you're going to have. Yeah, the episode. but then they're also kind of running from the Time Bureau, so there's all that stuff that they had to deal with. So having a little critter problem, and but the main problem being, like, trying to not get captured by the Time Bureau. Uh, speaking of the Time Bureau, yeah, uh, we've got your boy Hank, who's out to My get... My boy Hank. Boy Hank, ready to get those legends. You got to get them. They 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 flaunted the their nose at the rules for too long. They got to be uh, they got to be you know taken off the ship. They got to be uh, mothballed. Yeah. So he wants to get them, and uh, he's relying on his boy Nate and uh, Zari. Yeah. And uh, right now, I mean, <laughs> what do you think now after seeing Nate and Zari's interaction? You know do you what? like them as a couple? I'm kind of liking it more. Ah! I kind of like it more. I think they're doing a good job of not like. Forcing it mm-hmm. by saying no, 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 no. Like enough kind of makes us want it. And I really like the little, I don't know. I, I like to know in the chat what people think about Nate and Zari because to me it's kind of working. Because like I like that they're, they're so like, did you call me babe? It's like, yeah, I'm just in the thing. I'm in the, I'm in the zone. Okay. All right. 
Okay. And they both have that, like, suspicion about one another. Yep. And then later when the truth bug hits him, and then he says, like, I'm open to it, <laughs> was really good. <laughs> yes. And saying, like, I'm open to it is enough. That's what makes me like it, because it's not like, yeah, no, I actually do have a crush on her. It's like... Because that's, I feel like we have relationships with people where it's like, oh, no, they're a friend, but I'm open to it. <laughs> I do like that, <laughs> and I do like door. that it's just everybody, well, at least everybody that was around Nate at the time knows about it. So it's not one of those things like, what's going on with you guys? It's like, no, everybody pretty much knows that, you know, Nate, he'd be down if, yeah. uh, you know, everything kind of lined up perfectly to get it with Zari. I like, I also, we, we have some people that are liking uh, Nate and Zari. We have uh, Luna Malfoy 7 says... L.O.T. writers, hey, what if Zari and Nate uh, Nate were together? And just thinking that is a as as funny. I don't know. People are just, people are liking it. Well, we even saw what I like too is at the end once Hank, uh, Nate finds out the terrible things that Hank's involved with, we just see like the little thing of just Zari putting his hand her hand on Nate's as he's just kind of processing all that stuff. And it was just yeah. just that little little thing. It wasn't really big, but it was just like a nice little. Like, they didn't like the camera like zooms in like whoa, but it was just like it was just a nice nice moment between two people, and yeah. you kind of see like all right, this does a little bit of that heavy lifting, right? Uh, but Hank is getting up to no good. Oh no, Hank! And how did you feel this episode? Because in light of what we talked about last week, where we saw like, the Legends writers after casting Tom Wilson and seeing what he's doing <laughs> yeah. in the role, it was funny when you said that because it kind of was like I kept that in mind. <laughs> This episode, like, okay, I can see how he could be the villain that they're building up now, and instead they kill him. <laughs> it kind of seemed like it was the opposite of what I expected because I thought they were going to keep him around as a good guy. I really felt this episode that I could see it like changing midstream, yeah, and like they were trying to turn that ship. Like, hey, yeah, we've got we built up Hank going this way, right? Let's start getting him going this way. And I don't know if it perfect. It, it worked really well. It was kind of sudden. It was kind of sudden. They're, they have been working on Nate and Hank. Like, uh, they're doing a pretty good job with that. Like, it, it's been slowly getting together, and you've been feeling that they're, like, a family. I just didn't believe, you know, Buns of Steel when he was first. I don't know how anyone would believe him if he was like, yeah, you know what, I hate the Legends, too, now, suddenly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like, really? <laughs> you want to believe that your son is like suddenly on your side 100% when it's been a constant fight all of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also the fact that he was just so gung ho to take, have Zari like, oh, hey, welcome to the team, Zari. Like, interesting. Uh, yeah. I, you wouldn't be suspicious about that at all? I'm just thinking, like, hey, all right. There's more legends hanging around here. What's going on? Are they snooping into stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to talk more about that topic. But oh, first, uh-huh. folks, we do so many after shows here. That's true. A wide variety. And in fact, I mean, Game of Thrones is back now. And you know who does that Game of Thrones after show? That's Dave Child. Yeah. Look at that. He's there ready to talk about all those, you know, the Starks and the oh, other people. Oh, and the other people. I'm not sure if I'm going to be on this season, but I'm hoping I am. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I have been on the previous seasons. And, That's true. Oh, boy, I love it. We do a wide variety of after shows. And thank you so much for supporting us and giving us those opportunities to do that. But for, we are also uh, asking you for a little bit of help as well. So if you're watching us on YouTube, if you could like and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes and you're listening to it through there, whether you're at the gym or in your car or wherever, if you could just, uh, when you have a moment to uh, give us a five-star rating and, and leave a comment, no matter where you're listening or watching. Yeah. Uh, get involved in the discussion. I know Dave is liking the ability to be able to see what all you folks are having to say about the show. I love it. Yeah. 
So I love it. I don't agree with all these comments, but I love seeing them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about shows that we love and that you love as well. So continue to watch, support our shows, and uh, thanks again for helping us become the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah. That's right. So Some people have never seen Game of Thrones on this. God bless you. But you watch Never Seen Game of Thrones. I've Loves never, Legends of Tomorrow. I love that. I've never seen Game of Thrones either. Never seen one episode. You weirdos. I You're know. all weirdos. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. I've also never seen an episode. Hey, of you know what? Love what you love. Don't watch what you don't watch. It's okay with me. There you go. That was a... Uh, from yours and yours truly, Dave Child, right there. Laid back <laughs> fandom. <laughs> so, uh... I've got a little bit. You know, we might also jump right into our our re, nice reoccurring segment throughout the episode. A little bit of uh, you know what's Frank's beef? Yeah, where's the beef, Frank? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the there we go. Yes, perfectly done. Sound cute. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we were talking about Nate and Han- Hank. Yeah. Uh, we basically have uh, Nate and Zari working on the inside, and Zari's going to be just hanging out in the Wave Rider. Uh, Manning uh, kind of being their ace in the ground. They're going to be able to use the AM frequency to talk, or the FM frequency, right, to communicate to the uh, the legends on this RV that they steal, so they can kind of keep them one step ahead of the time bureaus are pursuing them. Yeah, and so Nate kind of figures this out, or Hank figures this out after his password's been hacked, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, Hank is uh, he he got my 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 password question? How dare he? Yeah, and he's so angry because I trust you, sir. I believe me, sir. This will never happen again." And we never see like that well, conversation. Like, why? Why do we not see that? I feel like I think to me that read as like he's angry, he's disappointed, but he's still gonna love his son. And in the end, if he did something there that was like, I think it's set up so we think he's gonna really do something bad. But in the end, when it's revealed, well, my son trusts them, so I'm gonna trust them too. So I'm gonna say they're gonna pass because he said that it made that switch make more sense to me you know because if he was like if he was totally against them he couldn't have that ending beat of like i trust them he couldn't be a good guy by the end of this and he really needed to be a good guy by the end of this so he could die i understand (laughs) that yes but i just felt like man it was it was still i think it was too fast it was too fast at least too fast too furious like it, if this had been if all like this had happened the previous episode they kind of started you know kind of laying the ground right. a little bit it just felt so quick to be able to be like for him to go like I promise you sir this will never happen again to be like all right I guess I trust you guys all right you guys can go yeah like well, this is really fast I yeah there was a lot of fast convenient writing in this episode I, I do have a problem I don't think this is the perfect episode I think it has some good ideas. And I think some of the execution was a little weird at points and kind of a little rushed. And the TV-ness of it kind of showed through. But, like, I still had fun. I still enjoyed it. It was interesting with the our little cockroach of truth that is flying in and out of people's mouths throughout the yeah. episode. And one knows. I also love DJ Z. I love Zari yeah. as the DJ voice. Was also Someone in the chat said, uh, Star Drew said the radio voice is good. Uh, and sounded like from Smokey and the Bandit. I was, yeah, it was just a good. I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the little like, you know, having to go around in the RV, and I like, I like the kind of sense of family that they. I hit, the, I think they hit it too hard on the nose, but I like this kind of family dynamic lying stuff that they worked on, and I also like the return of Nora Dark. 
I thought they did. I don't know. It was nice to see her back. It was not. It, that was an unexpected choice uh, to f- find somebody within the bureau that could also help Gary because we know right. that Gary can't be left to figure things out for himself. Although he figured out a lot of stuff this episode, he was he's getting smarter. But at the same time, he needed someone to help him out a little bit because <laughs> he just couldn't do that on his own. Like uh, f- when Zarya says, "Hey, we got to make sure that the legends don't get caught by the town bureau, but we also need to figure out what's in Hank's phone." Track down this information. See if we can get anything on him to get him out of here. Yeah, we're leaving it to you, Gary, to to crack this and, and figure out what it is. And he's all, he's all down for a conspiracy hunt for sure. Right. So he gets his 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 uh, little index cards <laughs> and his like, string. I like the string thing. <laughs> Come on, just because the crochet thing. I like that <laughs> him and Zari like kind of bonded over crochet and they wanted to do crochet. And also that he kind of first he knew what he was doing, and then after a while he realized he didn't know what the string was for. <laughs> I want more moments like that. I want this to go so weird. I I do like that little bit there at the end of talking about crochet between Zari and Gary because yeah. it's. It's nice to see uh, exchanges with Gary don't just end like, you're an idiot, get it together, and then the person walks off. It is nice to like, oh yeah, you're a kook, but we also have a common interest. And yeah, maybe we'll talk about it later. Right. Cool. Yeah. So I, I, I do like it when they play it like that. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> Gary, figuring that he, he's, uh, he can't do this himself, reaches out to Nora Dark, who mm-hmm. uh, I did not realize that Nora Dark was such a <laughs> computer uh, tech-savvy person. <laughs> well, mystical arts, you know, same thing. What? <laughs> Same thing. All right. Do, 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 do. Spider webs and the web. Oh, now it all comes together. Yeah. One thing I did like is when uh, is when they did get in, and he was like, "We're in." Oh, hackers do say that. <laughs> that was kind of nice. Also, I thought they actually came up with a good. This was a good device in the episode of having something where they needed to. Some security information. And so they use that to try and talk. So, like, Nate and Hank are forced to talk to one another and have an intimate, good conversation about to father and son. And But it's it still has that, you know, he's still trying to find out this information. That was a good setup. Like, the fact that they had to get his information. I don't know. That I liked. It Just walk me through this, though, because uh, I feel like when you want to change your password... And uh-huh. they ask you that your your one of your questions that you answer. Uh, that is just merely isn't it just to get permission to change? It goes it? to your email, but they already had access to his email, right? Because it had been like that. They type in silver, and boom, they're in the. I got the sense that they got access to his email, so like that's that's how, and they just kind of skipped ahead of going to the email and pressing the button. No, all right, sure. And they did get a notification later. It was like someone hacked into your thing, probably because it went beep. Did you change your email? (laughs) Did you change your password? It's not a sophisticated hacking technique. True. Well, we see a pair, uh, a gentleman in the pair of shoes. uh, You're looking sharp from the uh, the calves down. Walks into uh, Hank's office with whispers, but whispers in each step. It just it. The staging of that seems a little weird to me because Nora and Gary, they go hide underneath the desk. And it just, like, how did he not see them? Well, he knew she was there. He he sensed her. He just didn't care. It didn't matter that she was there. You know, I mean, because he does that pause and we look at him. And he's like, like, you see the flash of her face and he's like, oh, (laughs) Nora Dark's there. I could use this. 
And so I think he purposely is setting her up for later. Maybe? Because Maybe? it seemed weird that he calls Hank later and says, hey, I got a peg about your, somebody you know, got into your email account. Yeah. What's the deal? If that was such a thing, why didn't he... He's in the room, and he can sense Nora there. Cause and also, a, someone, uh, Ivan Soto, brings this up in the chat, that Neuron's presence hurt Nora, too. Yes. Which is interesting, because you got to remember that they are linked, right? Well, no, she was linked to the... She was linked to the other guy. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe she's just sensitive to demonic forces. Demonic dudes. Yeah, yeah. especially a really powerful one like Neuron. Right. But... Uh, it also felt like if Neuron could sense her as well, why didn't he just eliminate the threat right there and then you're all done? Right. But he he didn't. He just walks right out of the room. Because right. it feels like a really long game that I don't think he has any interest in trying to set Nora up for anything. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, do you watch The Magicians? I don't. I do, do not. Watch? Okay. Someone, uh, Luna Malfoy 7 says Nora, uh, Neuron randomly became the beast from The Magicians for a few minutes there. Makes me wonder if the beast is also someone with beehive oh. look at the beehive face I, you know uh hot take for a second i cannot stand that look for neuron it is just awful oh it's another beef it's another beef Didn't... from frank yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I, yeah the beehive thing is a little much i think they wanted something different than the typical devil and so they kind of went more with the beelzebub feel to it but it's just it's so it looks cruddy it just looks so not really slick. It just looked- right, but they had to pick something that wasn't just another human. It had to be like a monster of some sort, and I, I don't mind it so much. Really? Yeah. Because the whole thing I think about this is like, all right, for me, that is the kind of look that makes me feel like you're not willing to commit to a specific look. You just want to just have like some kind of blob, and they're like, I mean, eh, I'm sure it's it pretty ch- cheap budget wise to just put that over someone's face rather than do like a you know morph into makeup or something like that. True. I, I would hope that by the end of the season, when we do get to see the legends take him on in his full form, that yeah. it is not just that. That we actually get to see something else other than this weird beehive right. face and hands. As far as like a demonic creature that's dealing with I think I feel like Sabrina's doing the best job TV-wise by an actual goat-headed devil that's showing up. It's nice to have that. I, mean, I think there are, what, either 16 uh, episodes a season for this? So we're on episode 10 right now. Uh-huh. So we've got six episodes left. Compared to past seasons, I feel like this is probably the latest that we've seen a Legends episode, a season where they have really had zero interactions with the main big bad. Well, except you got to remember the last episode before the big before the break was like uh, a big bad kind of neuron kind of became more of a figure at that point right because he took over constantine's ex his body that happened like right before the hiatus right well i mean i don't i mean i think that he had always had i guess it was just revealed to us yeah oh yeah he's he's in his his right we don't know we didn't know that until then but that was a good like we kind of knew about neuron a little bit they teased him out and now he's more there, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. Because I'm thinking, like, you know, past seasons where we've seen the uh, the Legion of Doom, they've had earlier interactions that have uh, that got more frequent as they near the end of the season. Yeah. The Vandal Savage, he kind of was sprinkled in through that, you know, for better or for worse, through a lot of that. Right. Don't forget they went back to the 50s and they made pie. Casserole. Oh, casserole. casserole. Evil casserole. Evil casserole, Never yes. forget the evil ne- casserole. Never forget it. Uh, and then, uh, what, season three, we saw, you know, our, our entity... That had taken over Nora Dark, but at least he would then show up through either Nora Dark or 
and Sarah's visions. They had at least earlier interactions right. with them. Right. Well, there's a there's been Constantine's been kind of the driving force for Neuron. So it's been like, oh, I gotta remember this guy. You gotta yeah, remember but, this. But even their interactions, like other than like the the season premiere and I think maybe one other episode, we haven't really seen a lot of the neuron stuff with yeah, Constantine I, as well. Oh, it's very true. It's very true. It, I am curious, and I don't know if part of that has to do with them changing tracks and taking away Tom Wilson as the big bad and making it now focusing so much more on neuron. Right. I, I bet it was supposed to be like parallel, right? I bet they still Maybe. had neuron like going on. True. They did set him up kind of earlier in the season. Yeah. Where, where uh, unless you were going to find out that neuron was really Hank all along, you're like, whoa, my dad is a demon. Right. But I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I just work on the makeup effects for neurons. So I'm asking. I just don't want to see a B face. I don't want to see a B face. I like this from Luna Malfoy. I want Constantine to see Neuron already and be all sad. I like to see characters I love in pain. Oh. That is sick. All right. Luna Malfoy. So we have our, our as I mentioned earlier, Cockroach of Truth, who's hopping into various legends' mouths. Yeah. Uh, we get to see how uh, how Ray feels about John Constantine. Right. And sometimes he stays awake late at night and stares in the dark. That was a nice moment. <laughs> I like that, him emitting something dark. And I also like that uh, Rory wants to have Fabio hair if he wanted to. He's really leaning into that romance novel thing. I guess. You know, but I also feel like it, it's now gotten to the point where, like, for a, a, a cheap character laugh slash building moment, is just throw out, like, some random thing. And you're like, all right, yeah, that'd be a Rory type thing to say. My favorite stuff that he says is kill him, kill them all. <laughs> I really feel like he's not that far from just becoming, just killing as many people as he possibly can. Or when he shot, when he shot the uh, uh, the guy in the last episode and just was surprised it was a Trank gun. <laughs> my favorite Rory jokes. Uh, that's, that's my favorite. When he's just like kind of bumbling his way, still being a good guy, but doesn't really want to be a good guy. I'm getting bored. I'm yeah. Getting bored. Uh, and we do see uh, John talking a little bit about uh, his wardrobe for a hot second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I was waiting for a costume, hot costume talk to happen. Hot uh, costume talk. Yeah. Costume talk did not happen. Nope. Didn't happen. Did not happen. <laughs> right. Unfortunate. Right. Uh, we have a, they've, uh, Ivan's been bringing up a lot in the chat about how like uh, their powers and the costumes and how we haven't seen their powers. We haven't seen them using their powers that much. So never mind like using their costumes, which is why they might not be wearing their costumes as much because they haven't been in full superhero mode. The fact that Charlie is using his, her powers um, is kind of news in this episode, but I think they I think they did a pretty good job of like ah, my powers are still on the fritz. Oh, okay, it seems to be working okay, but she seems to be getting better at the powers. Yeah, which I which I guess maybe will help out later on in the season. I mean, I've always said that she should have powers that she could use because yes. it's only going to be a useful item storytelling wise but they pretty much just like did the bit where it's like oh hey what we forgot charlie i like that bit you didn't like that bit uh, i think everyone in the chat liked that bit too i think it was a funny like home alone nod and <laughs> they keep forgetting charlie they also had a good laugh at one point that was like such a fake laugh we're like you wouldn't be the first critter we brought in <laughs> we forgot charlie i like that moment i want more of those i want more of like it's a hard day to get rid of a bomb kind of weird jokes you there know you go. uh yeah so we i mean i can understand like the liking that joke but then does it also just point out to like yeah you know what I mean, 
a nice episode joke aside, but do we really have anything left to do with Charlie? Do we? We do. We do. This just wasn't the storyline for her. You had enough people in that van. You can't have, the problem with a show like this is you you have a lot of people. It's why I'm a little surprised Mona has become more of a central character because you already have so many characters to deal with. Why are you bringing in more characters like Mona and Gary? But, you know, uh, Gary's found his place just being the dopiest one. Yeah. Mona is is going to be this like She-Hulk type character who which I'm interested in and I'm, I want to see where they go with it. But she's just becoming a full-blown legend. So but for me, like Charlie, which I can understand, enjoying the actress. And so she's no longer able to be there as Vixen. Yeah. So we got to find, if we love the actress and want to keep her involved somehow, all right, great. This Charlie character is interesting. But just between, if I had to choose just character-wise, between Charlie or Mona, I would rather ditch Charlie and just keep Mona. I feel like Mona is much more interesting to me than right. Charlie. And it's like, I feel like, eh, okay, Charlie, you could just go off now. Well, they've had a hard time setting up who Charlie is. Like, we don't really know who Charlie is. Like... They've had a hard time. Zari, they're actually finding something. We're finding out more about Zari every yeah. single day, which is good. But Zari and uh, and Charlie, they're both a little hard to get. No, it's true. So it's the more they can do with them, I think, the better. But it's hard because, like, what's her past? What's her backstory? Is coming from that hell and stuff. So maybe lean more into that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, at least with Zari, we saw a little bit of her past and her, at least where she was from. When she was first introduced, so we understood what she was escaping from. So that helps. Yeah. Even though they may not have built her up as much or as quickly as we would have liked, at least we have a sense of where she's from. By the way, we are getting some people in the chat saying uh, maybe the the shipping that does need to happen is Zari and Charlie. Which is not a bad idea. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sure. I I I feel like I haven't seen enough of that to make me think like. Yeah, I mean, we just saw that, like the frustration when uh, you know Zari was kind of having to watch her while she was in prison. Yeah, I'm kind of liking what they're doing with Nate and Zari yeah. right now. I want to see more of that. Now, something that we don't often see is John Constantine, because usually he's just the guy that doesn't want to play well. He wasn't off all the rules. Yeah, wants to go off and do his own thing. We saw in this episode that I mean, you know, in his own best Constantine way, he at least tried to be a sympathetic ear to Sarah. Yeah, a, a position that we don't often see Constantine in. Constantine in. That's true. And I liked it. Yeah. And especially since I feel like he's can share a lot of the things that that Sarah's going through right now, since his ex is like you know he just kind of relived having and losing his ex, like what she's going through with having just lost, kind of broken up with Ava currently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're getting it back. I hope, but like you know she's dealing with a lot and trying to shut up about it. And he's the expert in dealing with a lot and trying not to talk about it. So, Do you feel that's good leadership material to tell everybody to just swallow your emotions and just stay on task? Um, well, you know, sure. <laughs> Sounds a lot like my parents, so we might as well. <laughs> they were good leaders. <laughs> well, they've raised a fine young oh, son, Dave. Oh, boy. I just hide so much from the world. <laughs> no one knows my secrets. But they do see the chains in his apartment. Yeah. Well, except for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only open with my friends about that stuff. Not everybody knows. Nope. But just the important people. <laughs> Uh, so we do see that, that that's a whole uh, hook for the end of the episode when Constantine and uh, Sarah, after Sarah's driven away Mona from the uh, the rest of the crew inside the RV, right. goes to track her down, realizes, like, oh, I'm being an idiot. 
you know, after she sees out her cockroach of truth up her nose. Uh-huh. Like, I've been trying to, you know, treat Mona like I've been trying to treat myself. So Kit expressed her feelings. And she has a little emotional talking to uh, with Mona yeah. in that diner. Yeah. And we see her just, you know, kind of... Calm she, her down. Yeah. Yeah. You promise you'll be here for me? And now they're friends. That's true. Like, how can you not... Uh, not like that. Yeah, and she's. Meanwhile, I do have like the fact that they're just like laughing off the fact that she killed. I guess she killed the Men in Black, right? It was the people. It was the yeah. dark people of the Time Bureau. Yes. So, but it was still enough. There's still Time Bureau members that she killed, and they're just. I guess they're blaming it on the other Konani, but you know, it is something that she did. She did kill members of the Time Bureau, and the members of the Time Bureau were after them because of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like those are the dark forces within it, but I also feel like I'm going to give her a pass because it's the yeah. first time she ever experienced turning into a yeah. copay. No, that's true. And also the fact that they're, they, because they blamed it on the other copay, it's, it's kind of a wash. I don't think they're looking for justice as much. And maybe that's why Hank can be like, I forgive them. You know, I mean, I did feel like there was a lot of uh, trepidation this time, where with Sarah, the way they play, or with uh, Mona after she kind of uh, copays out, where she could have easily, you know, sliced and diced a lot of those time agents in that diner. Right. But uh, no, it was just a lot of just kind of like standing in front of him and kind of menacing the one guy and maybe like kind of swatting at his gun. Yeah, and that that was it. I was like, man, she she went to town on that other time agent last episode and just slashed him up. Hey, she's trying to keep it under control. She's is she? learn it. I don't, I don't know, know if she was. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know about that. I don't know. Before we go, we also have to mention the fact that Zari brings up to uh, to Hank about the uh, no to Nate about Hank's uh, yes. Plans. So we do see uh, they have their big moment of truth. Uh, you know, we're out at the RV. We've got the cockroach of truth kind of flying around. Nate's business gets about how he feels about his dad. And it was interesting in that scene that this, because we've seen this cockroach feeds on people that are lying. So he wants to get in there. Not once does it go anywhere near Hank. So everything, yeah. so we got to believe that everything that Hank is telling Nate in that moment is genuinely true. That everything yeah. he's been doing this whole season has been because of Nate. And so then when Zara at the end of the episode reveals like he's been testing on these, uh, these creatures. Yeah, and uh, Ivan brings up in the chat that Zari mentioned Argus created super soldiers in her time. And then when she saw what Hank is doing with the fugitives, it's kind of going back to what her problem is and what her initial like timeline issues yeah. were. So we see Hank. I mean, I feel like he's going to go. I, he heads back to the Tom Bureau to say, like, all right, Hank, I got to get out of here. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But before we can do that, uh, we see our pal Neuron hanging out in Hank's office. Getting all see, beehivey. Yeah. We see Hank uh, say, hey, man, I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. I, I, got, I can't disappoint my son. Yeah. Got to think of my son. He's like, too bad. I'm a beehive man. Look at this. Takes his soul, maybe? Yeah, I felt like he just sucked his soul out of him. I don't think we've seen the last of him. No, no, no. I don't think. Right? You, I don't think you. After they've loved uh, Tom Wilson so much that they were changing the course of the season because yeah. of that, you are not then just going to kill him off. Also, a bit of a spoiler alert. I did see the next week on. Yes. And so, if you don't want to hear about this, I'm about to talk about it. So just go away for a few minutes and then come back. But in the next week on, it looks like it's uh, his funeral. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're dealing with his ghost, potentially his ghost, which I think is something to do with his soul getting trapped in neuron is trying to escape or something. 
I I was curious because I was thinking that hey, Neuron just has his soul, but if we beat Neuron by the end of the season, Maybe his soul is released. Maybe, but then you still have this body that you know is decomposing. Decomposed. So do we need to put him in time stasis until that happens? You got a zombif. You got a zombif. <laughs> uh, but we do see though that Nora, you know, again senses that uh, uh, neurons in the building, uh, is screaming to get out of the, the the cell. Finally, uses her own power to take down the force field. But by the time she yeah. gets to the, uh, Hank's office, it's too late. And conveniently, Nate walks in and then assumes Nora's the one that's done it. I don't think it is convenient. I think it was planned by Neuron. I don't think so. You don't think? No. I don't, I don't know. I think Neuron sees her as a potential scapegoat. I don't because, think Neuron cares. Yeah, but otherwise it would just be suspicious that he just died. You think he just had a heart attack or something? I mean... Maybe. I think she... I think that's why they had that moment where he's like, ooh, she's here. Hmm. Earlier. I think he purposely set her up. I don't think it was a wise move on Neuron's part, because she's pretty powerful. Yeah, and she, uh, uh, while the last time that she was surrounded, she did go into custody. This time she does not. She takes off. Yeah. So, which I'm assuming that her first stop is going to be a dashing young Ray Palmer, seeking a little uh, asylum and help. It's like they were meant to be together. Oh, look at that. It's like they should be married in real life or something. (laughs) Uh, real quick as we're getting ready to wrap up do you have anybody you'd like to uh, get uh, legend status this episode or anybody you want to just call a uh, misfit or outcast um, I, I mean you're a great misfit and outcast thank you Dave is that what, you're, is that what you were going yeah, for if you want to be if you want to call me a misfit and outcast well the the chat's been great and people have been great on the chat and I think everyone on here is a misfit and outcast oh, so, look at that. good job everyone well, well played, everybody. I, you know, for me, I, I, I feel like somebody that was a, uh, a legend. This episode was. Uh, I mean, I, I got to give it up for for Nate. I mean, he he took that truth bomb, and uh, he went with it. No, no regrets. Yeah. So look at him again, becoming that legend that he that we that we knew the Buns of Steel could be. Yeah. Well, that Buns of Steel is always a misfit and an outcast. <laughs> uh, I feel like Hank I'm uh, waffling on, and that has no fault due to Tom Wilson, but I also think it's just hard to, when we know what the writers uh, have decided to change about the season, I feel like the, the character was not served well this particular episode. I feel like it could have been done a little bit more gracefully. So, but we'll, well, see, we'll see what happens. Up. We'll see what happens. Because I, I kind of like the fact that he was... A villain, but now he's kind of a victim. So we're going to see what happens with him. Hot prediction for next uh, episode. Do you? Uh, what do you think the over-under is that uh, Hank comes back to life by the end of the next I episode? I think he's going to be a spooky ghost. I think he's going to be a spooky ghost for a couple episodes. Hmm. All right. I think it might be fun to have like a ghost, ghost Hank. Do you think he does not come back to ghost actual Hank. physical corporeal self until the last episode of the season? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they'll just put him on ice. But put him in like put him in one of the the bins. But, but he's still walking around. Hey, I'm a ghost. Yeah, he's like a ghost tank, like haunting the the haunting the wave rider. I would love that because I feel like this is the character that if if the if the writers love this character so much and they like the relationship that's developed between Nate and Hank, you can't take him off the table for that long. So you're right, having him as a ghost at least keeps him in the mix. We got uh, uh, Star Drew on the chat says that uh, Hank will be a ghost for three or four episodes. <laughs> Oh. I think that might be too many episodes. I, it's it's one of those things I want to draw out, but I don't know how much they will do it. <laughs> yeah. I want to see three or four episodes from now where Dave's like, 
This is a bit. This is a mistake. I shouldn't have. This is <laughs> becoming such a monster squad. I love it. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We've made it through safely, safely through the time stream. We siphled. Uh, siphled through. We got. We got here. Yes. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. iTunes. Just the one iTunes. Just on. Yeah. <laughs> iTunes. Uh, but everybody, thanks for hopping in the chat there. I know Dave Child liked reading all your comments. Hopefully you liked hearing yours heard out loud as well. But if you want to stay in touch with any of us even after the show's over, Dave Child, where can they find you? You can find me at MRDaveChild on the Twitter and the Instagram or go to DaveChild.com because I'm Dave Child. Uh, follow me on that Twittergram at HappyGoJackie. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We'll be back here next Monday night. Will Lex Michael be here? Who knows? Find out. It's going to be spooky. You'll have your answer next Monday night right here on AfterBuzz TV. See you guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 